of Emily by Barbara Streisand. Here you are listening to WHGE, the one and only Black-owned, Black-operated news information network station in the state of Delaware. And I say bravo to the ingenuity and the ambitions of the people that brought this together. WHGE, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be in your presence once again. And thank you for staying tuned in for this next hour. This is Rochelle Wilson with the Political Power Hour, where we talk politics. So let's get right into it. Uh, we're going to have a good friend call us in uh, with some good updated information, some good political updated information. Uh, so let me run down these quick announcements uh, just because I want to get them out of the way. But I'll tell you, it has been an eventful, pardon me, it's been an eventful couple of days, right? A lot of stuff going on uh, here in Wilmington, Delaware, and certainly around the nation. Uh, so we know that in Akron, Ohio, they are, they've shut the city down. Now, I, if I saw the post a little late, I apologize, but it is my understanding, based on the information that I saw yesterday, they have shut it down in Akron, Ohio, for the murder of Jalen, uh, and again, I'm, I apologize, I should have that brother's name. He was 25 years old, police shot him down and killed him. Uh, another act of, you know, one of those things that make you say, hmm, why does this keep happening to us? All right, but this is not make some intelligent noise, but it's always make some intelligent noise. Whenever it's Rochelle Wilson, it is make some intelligent noise. And so here we do that for the political power hour. So in just a moment, your friend and mine, uh, Mr. Brandon Fletcher, uh, Mr. Brandon Fletcher is going to call in at just about 4.15, uh, so that doesn't give us a lot of time, uh, but he's going to give us a call and let us know uh, what's the update, what's taking place from his perspective in Delaware today. So let me just uh, remind you that on August 6th, at Artscape 205 North Market Street, Artscape 205 North Market Street, here in Wilmington, Delaware, from 12 until 7, uh, they're going to be doing artists and creator, like the comic book theme. theme. So if you're into that, if you're an artist and you believe in the comic book thing, I mean, hey, we, we wouldn't be able to do it in Hollywood without you, right? So uh, we need all of that fresh talent to come on out and see, uh, show us your showcases, all right? And again, that's from 12 to 7 on August 6th at the Artscape 205 North Market Street here in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, if there's anybody out there who's interested in getting into a trade in construction, uh, it's good to register. You've got to do that before August 5th. You need to get there like in the mor in tomorrow morning. 8 o'clock a.m. until 12.30 p.m. Uh, they're doing classes, but you need to show up. Uh, this is for a part of Eastside. And so uh, if you want to, you know, just it's basic level, 
but it's a step up from the ground. So if you're interested in that, you will receive certain credentials and uh, you just want to check them out. So if you're interested, you can show up or you can call 302-660-8124 to find out a little bit more uh, about the Central Baptist Church, which is right here on the east side. Uh, if you want to have a develop your skills in construction and as always if you are someone you love you care about is dealing with any form of addiction and addictions range from alcohol to drugs sex gambling uh, and, and and the list just goes on so if you're if you know someone who is in that situation and you want to get them some help bring them here to Ninth and Pine Central Baptist Church uh, from 7 p.m. 6:45. We really want you to be on time. So uh, if you show up on time, you're late. If you show up early, you're on time. All right. So 6:45, 7 o'clock here at Central Baptist Church, where you are welcome, and we will do what we can. We will be there to support you in your recovery. So thank you so much for that. Yes. Once again, you're listening to Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE 95.3 FM, your advocacy station and education and information station. And today I'm bringing you uh, my thoughts and my viewpoints, my information, my intellectual property, uh, my research, my homework, sitting up until two and three o'clock in the morning, trying to figure some things out so that I can have a truthful and accurate broadcast uh, and disseminate proper information. You know, by no account am I the smartest cookie in the jar. I don't always know everything, so I appreciate other people tuning in and allowing me to have that opportunity to engage them. And so, you know, I have been uh, studying and reading for the Political Power Hour. This thing we left off on was the Electoral College. The Electoral College. We talked about the Electoral College last Wednesday when I was here. And I'll tell you, it's almost about to give me a headache here on the bubble on my brain because it uh, is so what I thought was very intricate. But God is good by whatever account you want to take that. Uh, I know what I mean by it. So God is good in as much as I found myself in the same place at the same time as our dear friend J.J. Francis. And we were able to engage in a brief conversation about Electoral College. So I'm standing there and I'm trying to tell him pretty much what I've explained to you about what an Electoral College is. And he says... And I'm like, so where am I going wrong with all of this? Like an electoral college is when we the people vote and the representatives for our city, uh, for our state, uh, from Congress, the majority of those votes will then be taken on that ticket by that Congress representative and they'll vote our ticket. I said, I'm like, how do I explain that to the people? He's like, well, you just explained it. <laughs> That's exactly what the electoral college is. And so it's, you know, it's not as uh, mysterious, I suppose, as I made it appear to be. Uh, certainly not as distrustful because they have to take the majority of the vote from we the people. It's still our vote that counts. And so they have to take our vote 
we the people, who then it pushes up, these, these votes are collected, uh, tallied up, and registered. And uh, so then the Congress, the, the representative for, for each state, takes that and they have to vote that ticket. And it's documented of what ticket they voted. So, you know, everybody gets one vote. So it's documented. So they really can't be uh, debaucherous. As I told you last Wednesday, I have dealt with trust issues. <laughs> I've dealt with some trust issues, uh, still healing from some places where I've been betrayed. And maybe that's why I listen to T.D. Jakes so much. He really inspires me. He really uh, uplifts my spirit. And he gives me a different perspective, a way to think about things. I like the way he uh, maybe it's manipulates or just talks to my brain, my cellular, you know, DNA resonates with what he is teaching, uh, especially about forgiveness and that sort of thing and karma and uh, and that sort of thing. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So don't hold on to grudges against people. You hurt yourself. Let go of the grudges and let karma deal with all of that part for you. So how's everybody doing today? I do pray that you are well. I'm looking for our phone lines to uh, go off in a short amount of time, just a couple of minutes. Uh, I anticipate that, uh, and I do believe I take him at his word, Brandon Fletcher is going to give us a few updates, uh, political power updates, and we're going to find out some information about that. But of course, I've always, you know, I'm always into stuff and I'm always paying attention to stuff. And so there's some stuff that I definitely want to share with you. Uh, just give me a moment to pull up my emails so that I can share with you a story that caught my attention in particular. And well, perhaps, you know, perhaps it'll catch your attention as well. <clears throat> So, one of the things that I was very proud to find out, you know, I'm really happy that um, IMAC, Bishop George Gibson, is doing and has been doing, uh, even before the COVID lockdown, shutdown on everybody, you know, he was doing an hour of power in the community, in the churches, so that people could take a, a quick lunch break, right, and chime in and just be uplifted and encouraged. Uh, you know, he was doing it online during the COVID, and now he is uh, doing it again in person. So for those of us that do like to be inspired uh, by the words and the teachings, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with with reading and, and enjoying the teachings and the stories from the Bible. You don't have to, you know, delve into a dogmatic uh, form of religion just because you read and show thyself to be approved. So feel free to just be able to read the stories of the Bible. They're really interesting stories and uh, they, they have a message. If you really listen closely to them, you'll see they do have an inspiring message. So. Um, I want to make sure that we're all willing to chime in lunchtime so that we can hang out with Bishop George Gibson, um, who inspires us, who motivates us, who encourages us through the words and the teachings from the Biblios Helios, also known as the Holy Bible. 
So, you know, I believe that uh, yeah, I was talking with my son, Justin. Uh, we did a video visit. And it was a really good visit, I have to say. Uh, but unfortunately, just at the good juicy parts where my son and I were chit-chatting about growth and maturity and change and how that happens just naturally by time. But the direction that that growth and maturity will go in uh, has a lot to do with the environment in which we are in and cultivating that level of maturity and growth. And so I'm proud to say he is definitely not the 21-year-old boy that they took away from me in 2010. He's not that kid anymore. He is now uh, a 30-something-plus man who has grown and matured to a perspective of patience. Patience uh, and allowing the divine, that which is greater than yourself, to actually you know, to be in control. <laughs> so often we as human beings, we want to be in control of every little aspect of our lives. And that's not always, you know, how it's going to work out because man plans and God laughs if it's not God's plan. You see, there's a little, there's a little comma after that part. So, you know, man plans, comma, and God laughs if, if it's not God's plan. And so, you know, I just think that's important. So I'm waiting for Brandon Fletcher. Maybe he's trying to get to the phone. Uh, he may be in traffic or just getting out of the office. I'm not sure. Uh, but we're going to move forward until he does have an opportunity to chime in. We wanted to talk about the eminent domain. And because I'm anticipating his call, I did not do all of the research that I should have done. So perhaps if he doesn't call, perhaps you'll call in for me and give me the update. Uh, I do know that we the people, we showed up and we showed off and uh, we kind of kicked this eminent domain in the butt. But for how long, you know, uh, what type of butt whooping did we give it? Uh, that's what I'm really not sure of. Did we kick it completely out of the boxing ring? Or do we still run the risk of the eminent domain coming back upon the city? You know, and I was talking with a good friend over the phone. Uh, she's actually the, the beautiful sister that introduced me to Brandon Fletcher. Um, and so that was, that was wonderful. She and I were able to chit chat for a few minutes and just kind of ping pong our thoughts and our ideas. And from both perspectives, you know, hers and mine, I have to see it because we both represent the people's voice. And as much as all of us want to see the dilapidated and abandoned slumlord properties, uh, you know, be revitalized refurbished clean up the neighborhood we we want that we want to create or recreate our black wall streets we want to get into uh, affordable low-income affordable housing for all people and uh, you know that that's nothing wrong with that that's self pride in your neighborhood in your community I, I I think that's awesome and it's also important for us to recognize that when we do the development 
and the big developers come in and they begin that process of tearing down or rebuilding uh, uh, you know dilapidated properties bricks are falling all over the place and the roof is caving in and this you know uh, the water plumbing none of it works there's rats and roaches uh, perhaps there's uh, sexual trades uh, taking place in some of the abandoned houses drugs we don't know whatever it is uh, they're eyesores for certain, and in some cases, they are infestations to our communities. And we don't want to do that. We do not want that type of lifestyle and living like slums. We're not slum people, so we don't need slum housing. We need clean, affordable housing for all. And so in this back and forth ping pong of thoughts and ideas and viewpoints, you know, we realize that these are the things that have to take place. The developers are gonna come in, they're gonna purchase it for $100,000, and then they're going to build upon it, uh, put another $100,000 into it uh, to make it a house or a, a, a dentist's office or whatever it's going to be, a community center. Uh, we certainly could use some of that. We, we need housing for our returning citizens. You know, please let's not leave them out of the equation in all of this revitalization of the neighborhoods. So they're going to come in, they're going to buy it, they're going to get it at a cheap price, they're going to put 100000 into it, and then uh, when they're ready to sell it, it'll be worth five or six, seven hundred thousand dollars uh, because of the land that it's built on. Here's the issue that all of us have to take mind to, and this is where the politics comes in for the political power hour. Uh, we have to ensure, it is imperative that we ensure that the historic, the historic buildings in the city of Wilmington are preserved. The, the historic sites, the places, uh, the building where Harriet Tubman, Araminta Ross visited with the attorney, uh, I believe that's right on Shipley Street. You know, we need these buildings to not be torn down. You can fix them up. You can, you know, make them pretty, revitalize them slightly. Uh, but let's not change the original structure. Strengthen it if necessary, but do not change the history the places where ancestors were here for the August quarterly and where the Underground Railroad once uh, went through and perhaps some people think uh, that there is still there is still a trail for that Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad. Uh, I certainly am interested in knowing about it. I would gladly walk that trail and I know that's a heck of a walk from here uh, over to Cambridge, Maryland. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, for Harriet Tubman, and if I had one or two sisters who would join me, oh my God, I would love it. We would walk from Wilmington, Delaware, which is where she would bring many of the free slaves, uh, uh, the Africans, uh, bring them here, and the attorney uh, on Shipley Street would then help to escape even further up north to Pennsylvania and into Canada. So I would start from the Shipley from the Shipley Street Law Office historically and move all the way to where Harriet Tubman originated in Cambridge, Maryland. And um, I would absolutely love that. I would love for some sisters to join me, put on our backpacks and our sneakers and let's go and just recreate uh, recreate that walk. I think it would be spiritually 
spiritually uh, revitalizing to our soul as women, as natural born women. So, but uh, in uh, the eminent domain, to my knowledge, we knocked it, you know, we knocked it down. Whether we knocked it out of the box, I cannot tell you conclusively, and I don't want to give false reports. I would rather say nothing than to open my mouth and let a lie fall out of it or a mistruth fall out of it. So, you know, if, if that ever happens, it's simply because of an ignorance of my lack of knowledge. But I assure you, I do my very best to step here each and every time I get in front of this microphone as a commander on the airwaves, that I am bringing truth and knowledge and inspiration to this station and to the listeners on the other side of the microphones. And yes, I am also podcasting uh, on uh, Anchor, Spotify, uh, iHeart, Apple, and Google. They've all picked me up and I'm growing um, exponentially. I'll just say it that way. So I thank you, each and every one of you who has subscribed to my YouTube channel, who are continuing to chime in and please subscribe to my Anchor Podcast. You'll always find me under M-S-I-N, M-S-I-N, for Make Some Intelligent Noise, uh, the justice movement, the movement for justice, right? And uh, you will find me on all of my platforms under my name and my brand. So I am Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise. Thank you so much for subscribing uh, to my podcast as well as to my YouTube channel. It really means so much to me uh, when I go in and I check the analytics and I see that people are showing me love and support. It lets me know that I'm on the right track one way or another. But this is the movement that is fire and I am inspired by God. I am the fire of God. So, you know, please be sure to understand what fire means. Fire's not all bad. Fire can be very good. We need fire. We need fire to cook. We need fire to stay warm. Fire warms us, right? It illuminates. It is light for us. And it has very strong spiritual principles. Uh, if you Google it on, on any of the religious reliances, you'll see that fire is a purifier right it cleanses anything it comes into con it'll either destroy it or to cleanse it <laughs> so you know some of the things that i may say ladies and gentlemen it is never absolutely from a malicious or debaucherous place in my heart or in my mind i've made a commitment to my listening audience and to the god that inspired me to do this movement that i would speak truth to the best of my human capabilities and beyond. And so I am inspired by God. I am fire. And that's just who I am. I can't help it. But you know what? Fire can also be very flexible. Very flexible. It has movement and motion. All right? So, you know, I'm not rigid. I'm willing to, to bend and I'm willing to be flexible a little bit and move and flow. And you can change my thinking. I'm not stuck and stubborn on one train of thought. I'm willing to hear what other people have to say and take that into consideration like, wow, that made good sense. I like that. I like that concept. And I will do that for my own growth and my own maturity. 
And so, you know, I just appreciate being with you. I appreciate my friends and my family uh, on my Facebook page, my YouTube, my Instagram. Uh, I'm picking up momentum now on TikTok and uh, as well as those who are loving me on my podcast. And mind you, I have two podcasts. I have one that's on the website which typically I keep very uh, political or make some intelligent noise and it is what it is. It's very business. It's very professional uh, to the best of my ability. But I do have another podcast. Uh, also, it is anchored on Anchor, all right? And it is my hot sauce. And that's kind of where I get to let my hair down, if you'll allow. And uh, myself and friends or folks will get together and we can say whatever it is that we're thinking without judgment. Don't come on the hot sauce with judgment because hot sauce is going to keep it real and I cannot control another person's thoughts or the words. So whatever they say on hot sauce, is that's their words, not mine. I can't be held accountable for what someone else speaks out of their mouth, right? Uh, so and uh, neither can WHGE be held accountable for anything that I, Rochelle Wilson, may speak forth from my mouth. Only I can be held accountable for any, uh, you know, mishaps or anything that I say. This is my property. It is not the property of WHG or anyone else. It belongs exclusively to Rochelle Wilson. And so uh, moving forward from there. So what are some of the things that are going on? I had an opportunity to, uh, that I was allowed the gracefulness, uh, Brother Hanif Salam, a brother I have so much love and respect for, um, and I support him on so many various different levels. I like his style. I like the way he brings it, you know. And so uh, he allowed me to chime in uh, again on another Zoom conversation with Smart Justice and uh, I'm so thankful that, for that because I learned so much. I'm one person. I cannot keep up with every single thing as much as I try. You know, I do have a little bit of a, my own personal life. I have dogs and, you know, I have a son who's incarcerated. I'm working on uh, changing that narrative. And so outside of keeping up with all of the current events, you know, I have a personal life. So I thank God for Brother Hanif Salam uh, and other good folks, Brother Daryl Wolfie Chambers, uh, saw him at the Do-Gooder uh, uh, Marathon. I thought that was really nice. That was really, really awesome for the kids and the folks. And Timeless Thomas was there. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't able to stay for his performance, but I he he heard that he did a great performance uh, later in the afternoon. I was there early. He did it in the later part of the day. Uh, but it was through this Zoom conference that I was able to obtain the knowledge, and you may already know, so it's not really news, new news, it's just refresher. We're just going to refresh and rejoice and celebrate that House Bill, a Senate Bill 244 has passed uh, in regards to fines and fees. Fines and fees. Uh, particularly, I'm most concerned with our returning citizens who have a tough time as it is just being released after being incarcerated for so long. Uh, and Delaware Prisons doesn't have a strong, uh, very strong rehabilitation system. So 
you know, they're in there for X amount of years and then they're released and then, then what? What happens then? What happens the moment that the prison opens the door and lets them out? Well, we pray that many of them, most of them, will have someone who loves them waiting for them on the other side of the fence uh, who's going to help to walk them through it, to walk them through it. Um, but whether they have that or not have that, even though they may have someone to walk them through it, it's still, honestly, it's really difficult for our incarcerated loved ones, for our family, our friends, uh, and even people that you've never met in your entire life. They're just, to you maybe, they're just some, some jailbird, right? They're just some, some heinous human being. If you went to prison, you must be there for doing something horrible or bad. So I don't, you know, I don't really associate with you because I don't like anybody who was in prison. I don't care what happens to you. That's your issue. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, if you're one of those kind of thinkers, uh, I don't judge you. There was a time in my life when I, too, I, too, thought that prison had absolutely nothing to do with my life. I was a high school teacher doing some other wonderful things with the babies, with the kids. I didn't know anything about the, the I didn't want to do, I, that had nothing to do with me. And then one day it knocked on my door. 3.30 in the morning, I get a phone call that my son, my son is, uh, he's been uh, captured by the long arm of the law. And that's when it became important to me. So sometimes, you know, these things, I tell you, you may think it doesn't mean anything, but if you're one of those thinkers uh, who thinks everybody's in prison because they're bad people, please, I want you to take a closer look in the mirror and recognize the difference between you and them is that you didn't get caught. You did not get caught. They did. Does that make you smarter, better, or stronger? Not necessarily. It just wasn't your card to get caught. All right? But uh, the Bill 244 has been passed in, in regards to this excessive, excessive fines and fees that just seem to accrue one on top of the other, causing people, if you've been incarcerated, uh, to perhaps run the risk, the potential of being reincarcerated because you couldn't pay your fines and fees. And if you haven't been incarcerated, but you're still trying to pay fines and fees, you could become an incarcerated person. So, you know, uh, make some intelligent noise. The political power hour, these are laws that have now gone into effect. Thank God that, uh, as far as we know, Governor John Carney is on board and he sees how this can be helpful to our people to make sure that they're not hit with excessive fines and fees. It's too much. It's too much. It's a setup for failure. And we all know that. Remember, the wheel is working perfectly. It is our legislators that have to change change the direction of the wheel. They got to do something. I don't know if it's change the direction or, uh, you know, <clears throat> restructure the wheel what needs to happen but something's got to give because there's a lot of laws that are out there today ladies and gentlemen that I can tell you absolutely and conclusively they are racist bias bigotry unjust unfair laws you know it and I know it all of us are geniuses here. We are not stupid by any account. 
we know, we know that the laws, certain laws were set in place on purpose to hurt one particular group of people more than the rest of the other group of people. But we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Uh, what I will say to you is, uh, again, bravo to the legislators and all of the powerful advocates. Hanif Salam, Smart Justice, uh, a branch from the ACLU, uh, another affiliation of mine, uh, the ACLU. So, you know, just so thankful to them for their dedication, their work, their commitment to change the systemic wheel of racism and unbiased uh, and unfair, unequal, unjust laws. We thank you so very much for that. And so uh, also I had an opportunity to briefly skim past a conversation uh, with your friend and mine. Uh, we love so much Senator Elizabeth Tizzy Lockman uh, as we move forward. We will be able to get that interview. Uh, she's going to give us a jingle, or either we'll get her on my Facebook live feed, and we will have her here, uh, not here, but in the studio. Her voice will be here in the studio, uh, and she's going to talk to us about where we are with Leobor and the polishing that needs to take place uh, with that particular bill. It's not dead, but it has to be polished. It needs some polishing, ladies and gentlemen. It's not squeaky clean and shiny uh, so that it meets everybody's, you know, standards, excuse me, of agreement that they can agree to this is a good bill. Because we the people, we have to, we have to agree that it's a good bill, that it serves our needs, right? It's uh, Leobor is about police accountability, law enforcement uh, oversight, something, uh, board, whatever. So Leobor makes sure that it's police accountability, but it's the police policing the police. Law enforcement is policing each other. Where we're asking to let we the people have a more uh, in-depth look at how that, how that works. We want to be able to know the records of people who have uh, misconduct officers who have created misconduct in their past. We would like to know that because if it's a history of that, I mean, one time is just one time. We're human and we all make mistakes. One time. And depending on the severity of the one time. Like, did I just shoot somebody in the back of the head while I had him in handcuffs? Like Patrick Loyola? Now that's, that's something that's not even one time forgivable. But if you have a history of misconduct, whatever it may be, across the board, we the people have a right to take a closer look at that, to investigate that, and to speak up on that. We want to speak up on that. I was able to, you know, ask the question, um, as much as we are holding them accountable once they become police officers, can someone talk to me about our cadets, the young men and women who are applying to become police officers, the cadets for the police and law enforcement agencies, can we talk about their training? Not, not just accountability once they make it through and become officers, but let's look at the sifting process 
the screening process of their personality before we give them a blue uniform and a tin badge. I think my mama used to call it preventive medicine, preventive maintenance. Let's find out, let's do psychology testing, psychological testing on these candidates coming into law enforcement all across the nation. Let's do a psyche vow on them before they pass into the blue uniform and the tin badge. And that will make Leobor all across the nation accountability, police officer accountability, that'll make it so much easier. Because if we know that we can weed out through the screening process, weed out the white racist supremacists, the ones that are crazy, because you're really crazy. You really are crazy if you think that your white supremacy is like, you're crazy. So let's weed out the crazy people who are just hoping to be uh, in a blue uniform behind a tin badge. They can't wait to get in one and go to a picnic. We all know what a picnic is short for. When I found out the word picnic, 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 what that actually meant, uh, you know, from the 18 and 1900s, the early uh, 1900s, picnic. What that meant, I said, I'll, you'll never hear me use that language again. I'm going to a picnic now that I know what it means. And there are too many people in our blue uniforms behind 10 badges who want to go and picnic. They want to go on a picnic. And that's where black folks get real, real dead or real hurt real fast. Real dead or real hurt real fast. So, so I, um, you know, moving forward, sometimes these things just really, uh, they really get me. I, I do not understand if uh, maybe I did something wrong. I definitely have my phone lines are queued up, but perhaps something went wrong. Um, phone line is absolutely working and I've got all my buttons on. So, not sure why I missed Brandon Fletcher today. Uh, perhaps something came up. And I certainly, uh, I certainly can respect that. I understand that. And, uh, you know, not going to hold him accountable. I understand we're humans and life happens, right? Like life just happens. So, wherever you are, Brandon, I love you and we'll still... Uh, get back here together perhaps uh, Saturday or next Wednesday again at 4 o'clock, uh, 4.15, and we'll find out more about what's going on in the political, uh, in the legislative halls, and what's taking place in politics in the city with this eminent domain. I still need to know, have we totally knocked it out of the box or have we just, uh, you know, do we just knock it out for a little while, but it's still somewhere in a corner brewing to rise its ugly head up against the people again. And it, based on my conversation with this other beautiful sister uh, in, in our conversation about eminent domain and the dilapidated properties in the city, we all agree that we want them to be renovated and revitalized. 
None of us are, are a, a, you know, in opposition to that. I think most Delawareans, most people, residents of the city of Wilmington anyway, we are not opposed to revitalization of these dead, torn down, fallen down, dilapidated, uh, rodent, roaches, pestilent uh, places. We definitely want you to fix them up and clean them up. We need help. Turn them into low income, affordable housing for we the people, because you got working moms out here, single moms. Okay, for whatever reason she's single, she's single and she's raising those children all by herself, but by the grace of grandmom helping her, she needs to know that uh, the rent money is not going to exceed her ability to purchase groceries for the children to eat dinner tonight or breakfast in the morning. How many of our school children go to school every day? Because and didn't have a breakfast, a nourishing meal. I'm not talking about a chocolate candy bar and some blue juice. I'm talking about some good, healthy nutrition for breakfast, some fruit, some veggies. You know what I mean? How many of them go to school and they've had no breakfast and yet we expect them to be in school almost as long as we're doing a work day at our jobs as if school is a babysitter and they these kids have not eaten. They didn't start off with a good healthy meal. Trust me, I came out of the school system, I know. How many kids walked in with Doritos, uh, uh, sugary snacks from the, you know, from the coffee shop, sweet coffees and donuts? This is what our children walked in the school with at seven o'clock in the morning. Some of them had blue juices for their lunch and Doritos, and the list just goes on. Uh, and the corner store, there's always a corner store close by the school. So a kid can just run out in a heartbeat and go grab themselves some sort of sugary or salty snack, which is gonna have them bouncing and jumping off the walls like they're spider kid. Right? Right? So we wanna make sure that kids are eating healthy and that the moms who have to get up and go to work in the morning, that she can afford to feed her children before they get on the bus and go or walk and go to school. She can feed them because the rent or the mortgage was affordable. It was within her price range. So she can maintain the household as well as the rent. If you take up all my money in the rent or the mortgage, how am I going to maintain things like little things happen in the house? You got to fix this and or you might want to upgrade that, do little nice things around your house. I just finished doing my backyard and to save money, I had to do it myself. I had to put on the gloves, put on my boots and get in my backyard and make it do what it do. And now my backyard, I mean, hey, it's probably not something that I'll walk out of Vogue magazine. I don't think my backyard will ever be placed in Vogue magazine. But for me and the people that visit me and come to my backyard, it's our sanctuary and our oasis. And I had to do it myself to save money. So I know how to fix the fence and, and lay concrete and you know I, I know how to do some things. But it takes work to be a homeowner. And it takes work to be a renter if you want to live nice and clean. So we need affordable housing. 
We need clean neighborhoods, revitalized, beautified neighborhoods. And I understand that the developers, when they come into these neighborhoods and fix up all of the dilapidated houses, then it will be something, if I have the language right, and please qualify me on this if I'm incorrect, I believe the word is inclusion housing. Somebody help me out. Is that the actual, uh, is that accurate? The title, Inclusion Housing, where they create housing for various different economic foundations or standards. So maybe this is a low-income house uh, because this person needs that, but they know how to keep it clean and maintain it and do nice things to their house, and they're living right next door to the person who's a lawyer or a doctor with that type of economical status right and these people live right next door to each other in a neighborhood that they both can take pride in they can actually be neighbors so what you're a doctor and maybe I'm, I'm a, you know I'm not I'm something else maybe I'm self-employed or maybe only get to work part-time you know uh, something like that I'm not on the same economical financial status that you have I don't have those numbers in my bank account that doesn't mean that we can't live next door to each other and be good neighbors. So I believe uh, a lot of the root, and I could be wrong, ladies and gentlemen, I could be wrong, but this is the feeling uh, based on the conversations that I'm having and, and the information that is pouring into me. They're trying to create inclusion housing, inclusion housing where we can all live together and the redlining, that, that kind of thing, you know, we're erasing the red lines. We're going to erase the red lines. But in order to do that, we've got to get rid of the dilapidated houses so that the doctors and the lawyers and the people of that financial echelon, so they can come back into the city. They want to be here anyway. This is where they work. So they definitely want the city back. But they're going to have to live with us and amongst us. All right? In inclusion housing. You're not going to run all of us out of our city. Especially our historic, historic neighborhoods. I totally agree with Brother Dwight and the entire committee who is moving forward progressively and productively to recreating a black Wall Street. I actually think it's going to happen. I'm praying that it happens and that I live to see it and be a part of it. I would have preferred that we recreate Black Wall Street here on the east side because this is where it initially and originally was from the days of the August quarterly uh, and so much uh, Lewis Redding and just so many stories are here on the east side. But if we started on the west side or the north side or the south side, it doesn't matter. Let's just build it and they will come. I definitely want to be one of the business owners at the new, as we build it, the new Black Wall Street. I would definitely love to have a building for make some intelligent noise right there on Black Wall Street. To be the radio uh, on Black Wall Street. I would love that the voice. 
But those are my dreams and fantasies. We never know how things are going to work along. Trust me, it is all it is all planned out in divine timing. Uh, the only thing that changes divine, it doesn't really change it, it sort of alters it, is your will to choose. You have a, a right to choose. Uh, and I'll leave you with this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's not so much political as it is common sense. There's this one story in the Bible where allegedly uh, God tells this guy, Jonah, to go and cry out to the city of Nineveh that they might repent and, uh, you know, become good people because they're really bad people. Go into the city of Nineveh and cry out unto the people. And Jonah, this, this dude, is like, I'm not going to no Nineveh. I'm not going over that city. It's all a whole bunch of hood stuff taking place over there in Nineveh. I'm not going. Right? It's the funniest story in the world. Uh, you know, I don't really believe that a whale can eat a human being and they live, but the story is a metaphor. So, allegedly, as a result of his disobedience, his disobedience, this big fish, a whale, swallows him up for three days. And I believe that's a metaphor for something else, a place of darkness uh, within his spirit, not an actual fish out in the ocean that was a whale. But it's God, so you never know. It could be, right? Because God could do something like that if he chose to do it. The, the bottom line is, uh, eventually this whale regurgitates Jonah, and when Jonah, <laughs> when Jonah gets back into the presence of God, right, he's repent now, he's ready to be obedient, he says, what will you have me do? And God says, go to the great city of Nineveh and cry out against it that the people might uh, be better people. And so the, the point, the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is we have our will and we have our own choices but in God's eyesight in God's divinity there is no plan B there's your plan what you're aspiring for in your life and then there's God's plan and purpose for your whole existence of life and as much as you may try to follow one it is truly the other one that will be and must be successfully uh, achieved. You got to do it. You got to serve the purpose that you were born and created on this earth to serve. And that's just uh, as clear and as common sense as one and one equals two. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me so much. I hope that uh, I was able to give you some information today that is inspiring and enlightening uh, and perhaps even motivating. Uh, we certainly have reason to celebrate uh, the fines and fees. That bill, excessive fines and fees, will no longer exist in the state of Delaware. That's a good thing. And perhaps other states will grab onto that as well. So you're listening to Rochelle Wilson for the Political Power Hour, a subsidiary of Make Some Intelligent Noise for the, the movement for justice, the justice movement. All right. Thank you for being with me. I appreciate being in your presence until we meet again next week. Uh, be good to yourselves and be good to other people because karma really is real. And how you treat other people and the things that you say and do, uh, how you live your life, you're creating your journey as you move forward. Like a hamster on a wheel, karma is real. Peace and grace. I love you and love yourselves. Ashe.
Okay, we did it.